Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. And I'm Chuck. And uh, I apologize right out the gate if I don't sound like myself. I'm a bit under the weather, so uh, I'll try not to cough into the microphone. I'm going to say this. Uh, summer colds suck. Like, it's hot outside and you have a cold. Like, it's one thing to have a cold when it's cold outside, but when it's hot outside and you're sweaty, that just sucks. <laughs> it's COVID. Uh, yeah, everything's co- everything COVID. Everything is COVID. Yes, everything is COVID. You must mask. Um, right. So, well, I mean... Like I said, I've I've uh, taken all those precautions way before COVID just because, you know, I don't want to get sick and I want to get my wife sick. So wash your hands. Don't cough on people. Don't touch stuff. Sanitize if somebody else who's sick in the house touches it. Come on. It's common sense, people. Not hard. And you'll still catch it. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> uh. It's right. Well, uh, Chuck, I can hear him laughing in the background and I can see his his, his uh, face. Uh, we've got a returning guest and uh, this is the this has been the month of returns. Tell us who you brought back for us. Yeah, Chris, uh, it's Chris Hoyer. He came came on a little bit ago um, and uh, we said it was like seven or eight months ago. And uh, he's an author of a book with a police officer. Um, and he had a great story last time. Uh, very touching. Um, and now he's back on. And uh, we're happy to have you back. Like, like I said, we, I thought it was like a year. It's been probably seven or eight months, you say. Um, but uh, anyway, it's been, a, it's been a while. So we're glad to have you back, Chris. How you been? Oh, dude, I love it. I, it's an honor to be here as always, man. I love it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're very welcome. We, we, we love having returning guests back because, you know, we, we just scratched the surface a little bit on people's stories. And then, uh, you know, we get to know them a little bit and then they come back a second time. Like, uh, you know, with our Broward County deputy, we kind of don't just do stories. We start talking about uh, opinions and 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 what your impressions of things and stuff. like. So it gets a little more in depth, I think, when we have people return. So, cool. yeah, yeah. so why don't we start by uh, refreshing everybody about your book? Uh, because they might not remember, and I don't want to forget and not get to it. We'll try to get to it at the end. <laughs> but okay, cool. if I remember right up front, then I know we can promote your book and tell people. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. So, um, yeah, it's called uh, When That Day Comes, Training for the Fight. And I think, in fact, since the last time I talked to you guys, I I added four new chapters to the original version and then uh, reached out to Dave Grossman, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, that is. Yeah. And uh, sent him an email and I said, hey, would you be willing to just take a look at this thing for me? And I got the, you know, the normal, well, I'll take a look, but I can't make any promises. And I said, hey, uh, you know what? Hey, you're one of my biggest heroes. Don't worry about it. You know, and uh, he sent back an unbelievable email saying in so many words that it's the greatest law enforcement prep book he's ever read. And I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't looking for that, man. I just wanted to see if you stick your name on it for me. But uh, yeah, right. So really, it would be really cool. It was, um, I mean, it's probably one of the highlights of my entire life. I mean, I, I've, I saw Dave back in 2003 for the very first time. Uh, 2017, actually, I had a chance to sit down in person with him and have a, like a two-hour conversation, and we just kind of stayed in contact ever since. Yeah. And, uh, he did uh, He did school me on a few things. He goes, hey, I think you need to change this and change this and change this. And I'm like, well, of course, you know, if that's your two recommending, then no questions asked. But uh, right. so then the new version came out, and also the – audible version came out 
with it's unfortunately it's not the new version it's still the old version but it's only missing the four chapters so not a huge thing so just go back in and record those chapters right i you know we planned <laughs> just uh everything happened you know kind of got all screwed up and you know between work and my girlfriend working and she's doing her book at the time and everything else so it was like all right we'll just we'll put this on hold for now that's right but, yes. well, well welcome back so uh the I thought we'd just kind of leave it up to you and, and kind of let you uh, kind of walk us into what you were feeling like discussing today, um, whether it's uh, stories or whatnot. But I know Chuck has some. Real quick, before we get into stories, mm-hmm. I think we need to touch because we spoke on it last time, the whole pepper mm-hmm. spray deal. And then Instagram erupted um, and I broke my rule that said I wouldn't get really get involved too much and ended up getting involved <laughs> in my personal account. And there are some things that people need to know and they'll never get it. But it, when it comes to shooting someone who has what you appear or what you believe to be a weapon, it's completely different than, you know, say shooting someone who's, who's on arms. Anyone can get shot for, for, for something. Um, if they are imitating a weapon, there's been people who've gotten shot holding cell phones. Well, so in. let's let's find out if Chris knows about this. Have you seen this video of uh, 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 I think it's a Flagstaff? I think it's Flagstaff. Um, Somewhere it's Arizona, and the guy on a bike. He looks like he's homeless or or just a you know hard hard hardcore tweaker. Um, apparently, he's got a warrant for his arrest. Cops arrested him. The video is quite long. Um, for an altercation that should have probably lasted all 30 seconds in my opinion, but, um, we'll get to that. Um, so Chuck, I, I, I appreciate you bringing this up. I, I thought we would, um, kind of work it in there, but I, you're right. I, with, with this much as this erupted on social media, we might as well just get it right out front. Yeah. Um, oh. anyway, the, the guy goes to arrest, the cop goes to arrest him. Uh, he says, uh, drop the knife, drop the knife. I, I, you can't really see. Um, but you can see the guy has pepper spray at one point and he pepper sprays the cop and the cop shoots him in, in the head, oh, um, but he doesn't die. <laughs> Boom. You hear him say shit. Cause now he can realize, Hey, he's got pepper spray or whatever. Right. Cause you hear him go, ah, shit. Yeah. Or whatever he says. Uh, yeah. But, and then he no. still says, he still says, drop the knife. And he goes, I don't have a fucking knife. So the cop's not sure what's going on, you know, right. or, you know, I, I mean, uh, let's be honest. We don't. I, I, I don't know what the in the, what's in this cop's mind. I know things happen very fast. Um, well, I, I, I will take. I will tell you. I'll, let me go back to what I take umbrage with before we get to the use of lethal force against somebody with pepper spray, because that is like the million dollar question that seems to have erupted on social media at this point it doesn't matter because if he's believing he's seeing a knife it doesn't matter what he's holding it could be it could be a fucking piece of plastic it could be a lighter it could be whatever the fuck you it it could be anything but if you if the police officer perceives it to be a deadly weapon such as a knife or a gun or something like that and he's saying drop it he the suspect could have been like i don't have a fucking whatever you know but at the same time so let me that's what i wanted to go back to the beginning because they're known to lie first of all when the videos like he spends a good couple minutes at arm's length, like with the with the suspect's one wrist in his hand, right? Or that's what it looks like to me. He's got it. He's got a grip on him, but not a control grip, just a don't run away grip, right? And yeah. it 
as a defensive tactics instructor, I am going to use this as a training tool. This would be a video that I would have shown in DT class to all of my students. And I would have said, okay, you've got him by the arm. If you're concerned about other weapons, the next place he should be is face first on the ground with your knee in his neck. But even that's the like, it should not like you don't play do si do. You don't dance no. with him. You don't ask for compliance. The point at which you've got your hand on him and he's not putting it behind his back. He needs to be face first in the dirt. Period. End yeah. of story. Unfortunately, so many of these agencies nowadays are crucifying officers for doing just that. It's the ask, tell, make method. And they right. are so frowning upon it now and it's ridiculous and it's getting officers hurt and this is what you see but then you have all this other other things okay so we can monday morning quarterback it but at the end of the day it's a split second decision made in that officer's mind life and death and this is what happens and he perceives it to be a knife um when the suspect uh presents it he says fuck it i'm so close anyways and he, he made that conscious decision either i push off or I stay, and he held his ground. He stayed, and that's a it's the decision that the officer needs the to game make time in their decision. mind, <laughs> right? And I've yeah. seen officers hold their ground. I've seen officers tactically deploy. It's kind of whatever you feel comfortable with, as long as you can articulate it. If it's going to go against your policy and procedure of your department, but here here's the here's the ultimate thing. Me, I can Monday morning quarterback the shit out of this. Right. I can be like, well, if it was me, I perceived to him to have a knife. The first thing I'm doing is I'm pushing off him, creating distance, drawing my weapon and telling him drop the fucking knife. If he doesn't drop the knife and he approaches me, he gets shot or he goes, I don't have a knife. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Drop whatever's in your hand. If he then tries to pepper spray me, I'm going to fucking dodge it. I'm going to do something. If he hits me in the eyes and he starts to push me, he's going to get shot. He's going to get shot a couple times. Because I'm going to go straight to the. Oh, body I'm also probably going to tell him you raise that pepper spray to pepper spray me. I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, I'm going to fucking kill you. Exactly. Right. And there's going to be no colorful. There's going to be colorful language. There's going to be no right. polite language. I'm going to fucking right. kill you. I will shoot you square in the chest or right in your fucking face. I don't care. I will bury my barrel into your ribs and pull the trigger if you come fucking near me with that and you spray me with that. Because at that time, I know my body. Police officers get trained in this. They get tased. They get pepper sprayed so that they know what their body can handle and what are the effects of said uh, weapons against them, such as tasers, if they get hit by their partner, can they Mm -hmm. still fight? Is it going to completely fuck them? Um, Or uh, OC spray or pepper spray, is it going to have an effect on the officer? Because each individual officer is different. I know from a fact, it completely blinds me. I can't see anything. My eyes completely swell. It shuts down. It does its job. I've seen officers get sprayed in the face. Guess what? Their body absorbs it. And they're like, "Mm, I eat spicy foods. Where's the taco? This doesn't bother me. (laughs) What the fuck? And I'm like, I don't know. How how about you, Chris? You got sprayed, right? Oh, dude, I was I was a disaster, man. When I got sprayed on the street for the first time, I thought I was going to fucking die. I swear to God, I thought it was like, oh, my, what, what just happened here? And, you know, it was horrible. Yeah. I would it. rather get tased again. And t- getting tased sucks a lot. Like, it sucks a lot. But when the tasing, when, when the taser goes off, it's over. Yeah, you're done. Right? It's like you so, just had a really good chiropractic visit, too. You know? Right. You so you got good. five or ten seconds, you know, no. and it, <laughs> what? That shit hurts so bad. It does I hurt that bitch in my bones, dude. Right. Like, oh it hurts. God. But when it's over, it's over. Right. Pepper right. spray lasted for an hour for well, me. Mine lasted for like two weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then when I went home and I took a shower, it reactivated in my hair and washed into my eyes. Mm. I mean, and like, everywhere else. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so I can tell you right now, I pepper spray for me was for dogs. That was it. Like I, I yeah, was not, I used it on dogs a lot. I, I rarely, I don't think I ever used pepper spray on a human being just because 
I knew I didn't want to get it on me during a fight. I would much rather. So, and this goes back to what I say. Let's, let's tackle the two, two separate issues. The first issue is, Chris, you agree. You said you agreed. You wouldn't, it should not have gotten to that point, right? Agreed. Absolutely. Okay. So in that scenario, you got a guy by the wrist. He knows he's got a warrant. It's an unknown risk or maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're you're current like like it's the second I put my hand on you and I told you you have a warrant, you're under arrest. You're not free to go. That's it. Period. End of story. Did they say whether it was a for a misdemeanor or a felony? Uh, I don't know, but I can look while while Chris is talking. Because so that changes so, the dynamic of everything. It's I, my guess is a misdemeanor warrant. My guess, okay. but I'm just speculating. even th- even then, you know that these suspects, he's got a good. You have good PC to stop him. You know he's he's got a warrant. He's a known person to you. He has a warrant. You stop him. He starts. Uh, being uncompliant okay well depending on what that warrants for i can monday morning quarterback and be like i will talk to him i'm not going to talk to him if it's gonna be too much hassle it's gonna be used force and the way my agency goes with use of forces if it's for like a 500 warrant probably not gonna stress on it if i know he's knowing to carry a weapon or guns on him or lots of narcotics that 500 is just it's just an open door for me to stop talk to him put him in handcuffs and search him and i'll probably go ahead and do it but it's like a risk versus reward type of thing but at the end of the day, you, you have probable cause to stop this guy. You know who he is. He's got a freaking warrant. <clears throat> there are so many people online saying, well, he said he didn't have a knife. He said he had pepper spray. I'm like, okay, well, suspects are known to lie. Are you going to put your life in an asshole's hands who doesn't want to go to jail? I don't think so. I don't think I would. It's easy for you to say because you're sitting in the comfort of your armchair, you know, behind a screen in safety. Right. Yeah. That's what a lot of these people. Well, are I have more information whenever, whenever you guys are ready. Yeah, to go it, for but it. I want to hear from Chris first. Want to hear so. more. Okay. Well, my, my take is first of all, um, did they have prior contact with this cat? Does he know right. any, about this dude, whatever else. Um, second thing is clearly the guy knew that he was an officer, right? He, Oh yeah. He's, he's in uniform. Here, you know, there's no question about it. So, you know, and he, obviously we all know we're always behind the curve. This guy knows that he's probably going to be taking his freedom away from him. Okay. The one that I talk about the most that I can't stand is, and I'm not taking anything away from any agency or any officer in particular, but when I hear the statement of this is how we've always done it, which kind of leads back to my my first thought of, okay, if he knows this guy, where was his backup? Did he have anybody in route? Did he decide to go on his hands-on by himself? Right. All these kinds of things. Fast forward, okay, so now you're grabbing onto this guy. If I'm going hands-on, very much like you said, man, he's going to the ground. That's it. I'm not I'm not fucking around. You know, right. if I've given you a couple of warnings and now I'm going hands-on, you're going to get thumped. And I'm not going to apologize for that. Right. Maybe after you're done, hey, man, I, I tried to talk you out of it. You didn't want to play. You know, here, here we are. So I'm going home. You're going to jail. So right. be it. Even without all that. If the guy's got a knife, um, just like you said, man, I'm going to create some distance if I can. If I can't create the distance because the guy's on me, I might even have to close the distance and do some DT shit, some all special stuff, whatever I've got yeah. on board. If it's, but I'm going to try to avoid being in that situation anyways, if I can. Right. But environmentally, you just you don't ever know. I'm not going to. Well, that's just it. it. I mean, there, we can what if it to death. But the, right. that's why I said, if it's me, I'm going to make sure it doesn't get to that point because he's right, going to be right. face first on the ground. Like, there's no way. I mean, there. OK, so when I read this, let me see if this. It, I'm going to read you the two articles. One is let me uh, really quick. Let me just a couple couple of quick things. Yeah, go. Yeah. The guy doesn't have a knife. Okay. Mm -hmm. You guys probably all saw that freaking deputy uh, wherever that was. And it was like fucking Kentucky or something. I can't remember where it was. The dude freaking soaks himself with all of the uh, the hand sanitizer. 
uh-huh. does himself on fire. Remember that one? Yep. Yeah. How do I know that this guy's not carrying the old style pepper spray? He's going to fucking spray me and then throw a match on me, right? Yep. Can I identify what that is in that one and a half seconds when he starts raising that shit up? No, you can't. Dude, I, I had to. I had right. to pull my pepper spray out of the holder <sighs> and flip it upside down and read the fine print to figure out what the propellant was. I, I whether it was alcohol or oil or water yeah. or so. I, there's no fucking way I'm going to identify. You, you know what they told it, us. <laughs> They said, if you spray someone, don't tase them. It right. could right. catch them on fire. You're going right. Same, <laughs> I went through the same thing back in the <laughs> yep. day, you know? Yep. And again, how much time are you going to give this guy, right? And best case scenario, um, let's just say that it's not as effective as you want it to be. You're still going to be behind the curve. And the guy now still knows that he's now gained probably two seconds on you. Mm-hmm. And I can right. hold you guys. I mean, I know my capabilities in two seconds. I can do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Lot of damage. Oh, yeah. And you don't yeah. know his training or experience. And even if you do, he, you may not know all of it. And he could fuck you up because now Absolutely. you are hindered. You're handicapped. Yeah. And even if it's only for two seconds, three seconds, which we know makes makes all the difference in the world before the, the powers that be that have never been in that situation. They don't know, you know, and it's not necessarily their fault. I mean, they got appointed or whatever their situation is, but, you know, I mean, and again, this is the, the model that I use. I think I used it with you guys last time where I hold the pen up to my face I drop it to the floor. That's your time frame to make a decision on yeah. critical incident. That's right. it. The yeah. second and a half, two seconds, maybe if you're lucky, you know. Yeah. And so, all right. So anyway, all right, I'm off my soapbox. Go ahead. No, you're right. That's that's totally right. So <clears throat> it says uh, Flagstaff police say an officer shot and wounded a person sought on a warrant. Does not say what kind. During a struggle, the officer tried to arrest him. Uh, this is on Route 66 in Flagstaff. Uh, officer Nick Ruby approached a man on a bicycle along Route 66 near 4th Street. Police say the man, 52-year-old Matthew Deering, knew he had a warrant for his arrest and resisted when Ruby tried to take him into custody. Deering pulled an object from his waistband, which Ruby believed to be a knife, according to Flagstaff PD. The object turned out to be pepper spray, which Deering used against Ruby. Police say Ruby fired one shot, hitting Deering in the neck. Deering was taken to the hospital and is continuing to receive treatment, according to, to a Tuesday night update from Flagstaff PD. The incident is being investigated by a team led by Northern Arizona University, and Ruby has been placed on administrative leave pending the outcome of the investigation. Deering, the charges will be filed against Deering after he's released from the hospital, and the body cam footage is released. Now, we know he's going to be put on administrative leave. They're going to have to do the investigation. That's all fine. Nothing surprises me in this article. Now, let's see. This is a follow-up piece. The Coconino, a county attorney's office, will not file charges against the Flagstaff Police uh, Department officer who shot a man while on duty April 8th. A report in which the county attorney declined to file charges found Officer Nicholas Ruby was justified in shooting Matthew Deering while trying to arrest him. An investigation of the shooting conducted by Northern Arizona University Police said that at the time of the shooting... Deering had been resisting arrest and had pepper sprayed Officer Ruby. Once blinded, Ruby was at risk to have his service weapon taken from him or that he was at risk from injury from any other weapon the suspect might produce. There it is. Officer right Ru- there. Yep. And now here you go. Ready? Officer Ruby told investigators he had seen a knife on the crossbar of Deering's bicycle and Deering had acknowledged being in possession of another knife. Deering was shot in the neck. Injuries were not life-threatening. Blood was drawn from Deering while at the hospital. It tested positive for amphetamine and methamphetamine. No. Uh, no. Deering told the paramedics that he had smoked meth earlier in the day. Well, okay. <clears throat> Let me just touch on that really just for a quick second. Okay. 
it's no secret. You guys know my, my story. The three guys that I was forced to shoot and kill, every single one of them on meth. Yeah. Of the dozens and dozens and dozens of knockdown drag out fights I've been involved with, most of those guys have been on meth. And I've almost lost a couple of those fights because these guys, they don't, they don't quit. Right. If this guy's got any experience whatsoever, it's Austin Ruby. He knows that. He knows that this guy is going to probably fight to the death because they don't they don't know what they're doing. They're oh, okay. Hard, right. So yeah. So the first thing is no when pain. you get out when you get out of that car and you contact him, you know he's a tweaker. Yeah. Right. Tweakers have a certain smell. And the strength. <laughs> okay. So the first thing's first. He's not just homeless or whatever. He's a fucking tweaker because he smells like fucking cat piss and battery acid. Oh, yeah. Right. You should so, be flashbacks, man. Right. Okay. So you get out and you contact this dude. His skin looks like oily wax and he's got no teeth and he smells like cat piss and battery acid. You're not fucking inviting him over to grandma's garden party. He is a fucking tweaker. Okay. That's that. So let's, let's understand that that information right when you get out of the car changes your entire encounter changes your mind or it should yeah. right it right, definitely yeah. does to train okay. officer yep, absolutely unless he's got the mindset of this is how we've always done it maybe he doesn't have a backup at all maybe he's only one of two guys the other officers all across town i mean i don't know so right. but anyway <clears throat> now you talk to the guy and you see that his pupils are fucking the size of dinner plates right Okay, now you're going, okay, so he smells like a tweaker and it looks like he's UI right now. Like his, so, and who you knows? You know it's going to go one of two ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, and it's probably going to be the dangerous one. Right. I mean, Fight. tweakers, yeah, tweakers are going to tweak, right? Yeah. So that right there takes your encounter from an unknown risk encounter to a high risk encounter, hmm. period. And to your mindset, it should, in my opinion. Am I wrong? Absolutely. No way. I agree. Because no. <clears throat> now you've just gone from dealing with a, 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 a garden, garden snake, a gardener snake or a ribbon snake to a, a dealing with a rattlesnake. Right. He's right. got venom. W- what I really liked online was when people were like, oh, well, he said he didn't have a knife. I'm like, OK, you're not going to believe a suspect. If you're a trained cop, <laughs> you know that they lie. And why would you believe them? You're putting your life in a, in a, in a tweaker's hands. No. OJ said he didn't <clears throat> kill his wife. So what? Right. The second one is. <laughs> Well, the pepper spray only hit him in his chest. How do you know that? How do you know based on a body cam? Because what I know from my training and experience that what you see on a body cam is not what the officer sees and the angles and everything are so different looking through a lens on a camera than it is actually being and wearing that camera. You could have had pepper spray hit in the face. It looks like it hits you in the chest, but it depends on where you're wearing that camera. Also depends on the spray. It depends on the wind. It depends on any of that. You get half spray to your chest, half spray to your face because of wind or whatever, or it's a shitty can, or there's a clog in the nozzle. Doesn't matter. We've all been, you know, spray painting shit. And next thing you know, it goes, and guys understand this after a long night and they wake up in the morning and there's, you know, squirting streams all over the fucking bathroom. Okay. (laughs) If your nozzle is clogged, things can go different directions. So what you're seeing on a camera is not what the officer's seeing. You got to get that through your head first. Okay. And then add to that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Your mind, the FBI came up with this statistic or this, this fact or whatever they published in the paper on it a while back ago, that it takes your mind five seconds for it to realize that whatever you're looking at is a threat or it's not a threat. So if you're already perceiving a threat, you're like, drop the knife, drop the knife. You already see a knife. You already have it in your mind's knife. It gets raised. Boom. By the time you pull the trigger, 
And by the time you send that round downrange, it's going to take five seconds for your mind to be able to comprehend and be able to recognize that, it, yes, it's a knife. Oh, shit, that's really a fucking knife. Or, oh, it's 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 a cell phone. It's, it's a comb. It's fucking a pen. It's mm-hmm. a lighter. It takes five seconds. And there have been numerous studies, and the FBI leads in these types of studies because they have so many scientists and people who work for them and people who are really smart, who've gone to lots of schooling and shit like that. I mean, they have behavioralists, they have every type of analysis because they are the major Bureau of Investigation for the United States. Like they are the top when it comes to coming up with these things because they have a big team to work on it. And so the whole thing is, well, he didn't have a knife. I could clearly see it on the camera. doesn't mean that's what the officer's saying. I have been in situations where I perceived a fucking knife and it wasn't a knife. I've done Mm -hmm. force option simulations where you get put into a simulation and it's either a no shoot or a shoot scenario. And I shot the suspect on a no shoot scenario mm-hmm. because the actions were of violent nature. They were aggressive. They were combative. The dude was trying to fight. It may have been a use of force, but it ended up leading to a shooting because I perceived what I thought was a knife. And mm-hmm. I swear to fucking to this day, he had a knife. And the instructor was like, he didn't have a knife, dude. And I was like, no, he had a knife. And that's why I shot. And they're like, okay, well, I mean, it's justified, but you know, he didn't have one. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I saw what I saw based on the actions prior to the, to the incident, based on what I saw him holding because they fuck with you and they have him holding a knife and the knife disappears. And then he tries to fight you and you're like, drop the knife, drop the knife. So when this officer says, well, he had a knife on his bike, then he had another knife on his person that he said he had. So when he starts, you know, being an aggressive and combative and trying to resist and fight you. And next thing you see an object in his hand, your mind is already preconditioned to go, knife 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 because it's fight or flight and it's trying to preserve your life and you go into this this fight where you're like this motherfucker's got a knife he's going to stab me because we've all seen attacks on officers so by the time it takes him to realize it's pepper spray and he just got hit it takes five seconds for the mind to kick in you know it's 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 just and by that time rounds are down range exactly and it's not and if they're not you're gonna need to be dead yes it's it's and i i just these arm chair quarterbacks who think that they have a law degree or think that they know all the policies and procedures of police and they're like police are horrible i'm like no that asshole's um actions were horrible and maybe if he checked himself he wouldn't be shot in the neck okay so here's what i want everybody listening to this podcast who's not a cop to do okay this is homework right here's what i want you to do i want you to go get a friend right pick your friend that that loves talking shit online just as much as you do right I want you to go get a permanent red marker, like one of those big Magnum 44 red fucking metal markers, right? Red. It's got to be red. And get two white T-shirts, right? And then go get a cap gun of some kind, a little toy gun. I don't care. A Nerf gun. I don't care, right? Now, go stand 10 feet apart in your backyard, okay? Put that. One of you puts the cap gun in your pocket. Right with the with the butt handle sticking out, so you can get to it really easily. And the other one goes stand ten feet away, turn around, right, and then either set the marker down, or keep it in your hand, or set it in your pocket, or whatever. Okay, you have a choice to whether you have the marker or not. Right, then turn around, and the guy with the marker needs to pull it out, uncap it, and run towards the guy with the gun. The guy with the gun can only shoot once he sees the marker, right? 
I guarantee you in this scenario, with that marker representing a knife, if you get any red marks on your white shirt at all, you've been stabbed. You've been slashed. You've been cut. Okay. So I, I would be 100. I I would literally guarantee you free hat to the guy who could produce a video that shows they don't get any red marker on them from 10 feet away. Period. Not Not possible. No way. Not possible. You can pull your, and you may get rounds off. You may be able to pull the trigger on that Nerf gun or that cap gun. But that dude 10 feet away with that marker is going to put red paint on you. He's going to put red marker on your shirt. He's going to get you. Period. Now, whether you kill him before you die or before you bleed out or before the paramedics gets you or whatever, it's not the issue. The issue is he's going to get you. Oh, yeah. So, well, there's another another major factor here that, um, you know, I was I was really strangely fortunate with all my shootings, as as weird as that sounds. All of mine were during the day, perfect lighting, you know, no, no obstacles, no nothing. You factor in. I'm not going to I don't know this video, so I can't say for sure. But let's just say, for example, um, you know, this guy hasn't eaten in five, six hours. OK, so his blood sugar may be a little bit low. He just got into a foot pursuit and. His his FTO's friend or whatever is taking the guy, so he doesn't do any paperwork. So he's back on the street. He gets in a foot pursuit. And he's right back on the street. Mm-hmm. Next, thing you know, now his guy, his wife's calls or his girlfriend or whatever calls, screaming and yelling at him on the phone, being all pissed off or whatever. Lady, lady ladies, and and spouses and significant others, don't do that, please. Yeah, just, so especially on duty. Please. Yeah, and just don't side note that. to that: when your significant others on the street. And the phone rings. Answer the phone, especially if you don't recognize that number. Right, please, right, please, right. Please. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. So you've got all these other factors, all these human factors that are going to be playing into this as well. Now I'm not even getting into the whole Murphy thing because Murphy comes and he, he fucking kills your flashlight or mm-hmm. you step on your shoelace, whatever it is. You know, all the other shit aside, this guy, you know, he's dealing with whatever human shit is going on. And in addition to now he's dealing with this freaking dude over here on the side of the road that he knows times two is armed. Right. So, I mean, I've been in that situation multiple times where it's been like, holy shit, man, I'm I'm not where I'm supposed to be mentally or emotionally because of other shit going on. And now mm-hmm. I've still got to do my job. No, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. We're professionals. That's what we get paid to do. I get it. But we're, we're organic humans. There's shit you can't fucking avoid. You just can't. Sometimes right. we're not gonna robots. Number one. Number two, you don't want cops to be robots because hell, you, they all they did was teach a robot to play chess and it broke a seven year old boy's finger. So like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that, but <laughs> you didn't see this. It was a no, robot a robot back. that was programmed to play chess, right? To move the pieces. And it was playing chess against a seven-year-old boy. And the seven-year-old boy's finger was in the way. And I guess the, the robot didn't anticipate the little boy reacting that fast. And he grabbed the little boy's finger and broke it. Like, oh, my God. So if, a- if you can't program oh, a robot to play chess safely with a seven-year-old boy, you shouldn't have robots doing police work. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Period, end of story. We'll talk about that on Locker Room because that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, we're we're biological creatures with emotions and and our brain is the the most advanced computer on the planet. But at the same time, it has its limitations. Very true. Yeah, and I don't think that the people, like they were going crazy, you know, they they were calling everyone bootlickers or anyone that were fans of this podcast. I think that they were just trolls and, and whatever. And just saw the video and wanted to talk some shit. But, you know, it, it, a lot of people do have the question that aren't in law enforcement. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, 
what would you do in this scenario? Like what, if you were presented this scenario, like what would happen? And, you know, like, is this going to be justified? Is it not going to be justified? And, you know, and there's a lot of different you know, factors that kind of evolve at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, this is a justifiable shooting based on all these factors, based on all this articulation, based on everything that you knew at the time and that you had at that time to make that decision, you know? Um, so, so let me, let me present a scenario to the listeners. Cause I want to, I want to really hammer down on this <clears throat> perception versus reality thing. And I want to, try and put i like to try and put analogies out there that kind of boil it down into terms that maybe the average person can understand so maybe this is a terrible analogy I'm, i don't know i'm just kind of coming up with this as we're talking but i've got guy friends that like to play jokes they're jokey jokes through you know um, right. we've done some messed up shit to each other over the years um you know whether it's you know doing something to them that will make that will smell or that will make them fall or whatever it is and then other times it's just trying to scare them, trying to startle them, trying to make them piss their pants a little bit. Right. So imagine that you are a little bit worried because you've had a couple of break-ins in your apartment complex, right? Your apartment complex had a couple of break-ins that you know of some people in your apartment complex that have been assaulted. Right. And so your friends decide to fuck with you. And they decide to simulate a breaking into your apartment just to scare the piss out of you. And as soon as they see you, they're going to be like, ha ha, just kidding. We knew you were, you know, concerned about this. We thought we'd just fuck with you. You get up <laughs> with a golf club, right? You get up with a golf club and your friend jumps out to go, surprise, it's me, your friend. And you hit him in the head with a golf club, crack his skull, knock him unconscious and uh, give him a ma massive concussion and an internal brain bleed. Doesn't even die, right? You get. Are you going to be charged with attempted murder? Are you going to be charged with assault with a deadly weapon? Should you be charged with attempted murder? Should you be charged with assault with a deadly weapon? What's going to be your excuse? Well, I didn't know it was him. He's the dumbass that faked a break in into my apartment. When I I've I've had real break ins into my apartment. Or into my apartment complex. This is a real threat to me. Right. And he's the dumbass that broke into my apartment and tried to scare me. Okay. Now let's 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 play a little game where we transfer that argument. I'm a cop. I know cops that have been killed by suspects in very creative ways that have involved knives, pepper spray, and firearms. I also know that tweakers are very violent and that this guy is probably a tweaker. And they're known to carry weapons. And they're known and I I I see what I perceive to be a knife right there on the handlebars. He's the one who decided to not go to jail. He's the one that decided when an officer says you're under arrest to be stupid and fight and then to escalate it by trying to spray me with pepper spray. It's his fault for being stupid. It is not mine. Yeah. So maybe that analogy clarifies it for the average person, but there is no greater standard for reaction time for police officers. There may be greater standards for judgment. There may be greater standards for how you use force for, you know, cause, cause we're better trained, right? The, the way an officer's held accountable for rounds, he puts down range and whether he shoots a bystander or has a clear backdrop <clears throat> or those kinds of issues. Yeah. We're trained. We're supposed to keep those things in mind, but as far as how you perceive a threat and the action you take in defense of your life or someone else's, there is no, you, you can't get special training. In <clears throat> fact, the opposite is true. You get special training to perceive the threat faster 
to perceive the threat better, to understand that the average person doesn't see the threat as fast as you do because you know how fast it can go to shit. Chris, all of your shootings, how any of them? Were you like fully prepared? Hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to go over there and I'm going to, so I'm going to get my mind right. I'm going to spend a couple minutes, get my mind right, and then go get in the shooting so I could be properly prepared to go do that. Yeah, not even how, close. How many of them? I mean, the my middle third one was sort of somewhat close to that. But the problem was, you know, the guys coming at us in a fucking floor, a Ford F550 flatbed pickup at 60 miles an hour. Right. And we're standing out in no man's land. Right. You knew he was a bad guy. Right. Yeah, you yeah. knew it was going to go sideways, but. And they've already gotten into a shooting. How? Guy, yeah. You know, and if I don't stop this dude in the next four seconds, maybe before he gets to me. You know, and just by the grace of God, the guy didn't decide to turn into us because if he had, we would have been fucking dead. Me and my partner, we had nowhere to go, you know, and right. a, a big ass truck like that doing 60 miles an hour. Dude, we, there's no way. So we, we, luckily, we live up here. Oh, good. And then luckily, we were able to, to take care of business, put the guy down and that didn't stop the threat right away. But I, I mean, I had all I had was enough time to get out of the car, um, mount the gun and basically start putting rounds down range. Yep. So that was, that was how quick it was. So, and that was actually pretty, that one was pretty slow in all in all considerations. But I would challenge anybody who um, wants to try to uh, see what this is like. Play a game like uh, any first person shooter, Call of Duty, Far Cry. Uh, you know, find a game where you can put it on instant death mode, right? Where there is no health meter, right? You take a round, you die, right? Go play that game and see how successful you are at getting through some of these crazy scenarios in a video game where you're like, oh, well, I've got time to figure out who the bad guys are and I can get out of the car and take a couple of rounds before I take damage and then I can shoot back. And da-da-da. No, now put that game on instant death and see how you react differently, because I guarantee you, you see a car pulling up to you, you're going to get out, point the gun at them and start shooting just on the off chance that they might be the bad guy. Yeah. I don't know. And no, no accountability there whatsoever when you miss. Oh, right. Exactly. We do, of course. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. I mean, cops aren't that great of a shot. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know I never really was. But, um, Speak for yourself, brother. I know. <laughs> You're right. No, I was. I mean, I was a genius on the range. I mean, I could handle handle business on the range. But when it's live and you're getting shot at. Uh, well, I mean, that's why you that have to be a genius different. on the range, because if you're a fucktard on the range, then by the time you actually get to the real world, it, it when your skills deteriorate by a thousand percent, they're yeah. deteriorating from shitty to shittier as well, opposed I, uh, to going from masterful to moderately shitty. Oh yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I trained well, well over a hundred percent every time I was out there. Even just for the regular quals, I'd show up in my freaking all my gear and my kit and everything else. And guys were like, it's just a qual. Yeah, but I practice like I play. And then when when the big one hit for me, I I feel like I was very generous in telling myself I was about eighty five percent, which is still yeah. way fucking way behind the curve. And eighty five percent is still pretty fucking good, all yeah. things considered. Yeah. I mean, if it's uh, in your kit, take it to the range. It, I so we used to have to qualify with um our you know we'd have to qualify with our main duty weapon, but once a year we'd have to shoot our backup weapon. Yeah, oh, yeah. and we'd have to shoot it to show that we were still proficient with it. And if you had an, if you had an off duty gun or an undercover gun and it was different, any, anything that you wanted to carry, you had to shoot with. Right. So there was like one range where I'd bring like five different guns, you know, 
because I had to shoot with all five of these guns and then they would get their serial numbers written down. And then I would, I would, I knew the department would indemnify me if I was carrying it and had to smoke somebody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I went to, I went to a range when I just gone undercover and uh, they said, okay, you, you got to shoot your Glock 30. Uh, Cause that's what you're carrying undercover. And I said, okay. And so I put it in my waistband and they're like, no, you don't have to do that. Just hold it. And when I say threat, shoot, I'm all, no. He goes, he goes, what do you mean? He goes, that's not how I carry it. I don't walk around with it in my hand. When you, when you, when you have me train, like when you have me train with my duty weapon, it's in the holster and you say threat and I have to draw and fire. So what's the point of not doing the same thing with my undercover? I have literally, I would put my backup gun in my ankle. And when he would say threat, I would drop down, pull it out of the hole. Like I would practice like I carried it. And they were, they would look at me like you're, you're, you're being ridiculous. You don't have to do all that. You're making it harder on yourself than it needs to be. And I'm all correct. Yeah. Like that's, <clears throat> that's the point. But you know, what's funny is within two years, some of the younger cops that were coming up and becoming range masters and instructors had seen me doing that. And they were starting to make people do it. I that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. So if, if you're not holding yourself accountable more than what the bare minimum is, you're not doing yourself or anybody that you're trying to, to serve as a police officer, any, any, any services, any, any favors, you know, it's just, I agree. Well, you know, my whole thing on that is, you know, it's, it's going to fall back on me one way or the other, but if one of you guys gets killed and I fucked it up because I didn't train properly, Hey, that's on me as well. Can I live with that? Hell no, no fucking way. So that's why I always went as, as far as I could, as you know, long, as hard as I could. So. But well, we've interviewed everybody... people that have been in that position. We've interviewed people where even though they didn't do it wrong, they felt like they did it wrong. They felt like there was more they could do. And just second guessing yourself when you did it right is hard enough. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you think if you think second guessing yourself when you know you did it right is hard. Imagine when you fucking know you did it wrong or there's no, something you else wrong. you could have done. I can't even imagine. I mean, as you guys heard the Dave Glasser story with me, man, I mean, I pretty much did everything right for the most part. But I'm still beating myself up six years later. Like, God, what could I have done different? What could I have done? You know, and in all reality, nothing, you know, but. Right. And it, you can, you know, what if it to death? You can redraw it, replan it. Re, the, the, you know, I, I looked at my partner from my OIS. I looked him square in the face. I'm like, I didn't do X, Y, Z. He goes, dude. Yeah. I, I'm glad you didn't. Cause this, 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 and this. And he laid out what he was grateful for that I had done right. Instead of telling me all the things that I had done wrong. And I realized like, no, it, it was a ballet. It was a dance. It, it worked the way it worked. It happened the way it happened. It was done the way it was done, but it took me a long time to feel that way. And to not feel like I should have done this, or I should have done that, or I should have done blah, 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 blah. You know, his first thing was, I'm glad you didn't shoot me in the back of the fucking head because I was between you and the suspect. Yeah. Could be a problem. And you know, as <laughs> yeah. cops, that's what we do. Right. And you know, so I play the drums and stuff. And I think about it from a from a perfectionist standpoint, I, like big Neil Peart fan, right? And right. so when he does his stuff, he fucks it up. He gets all pissed off. But what does he do? He hits record. He goes back and does it again. When we fuck it up, people die. Right. 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 We can't fuck that up. We have that in our mind that, oh, my God, if I fuck this up, my partner's going to die. This innocent person's going to die or the suspect's going to survive and then try to kill me again. That's our mindset. And that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. The and stakes are different. Back, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And people, when they don't understand when it goes bad for us, dude, we spend days, weeks, months, years beating the shit out of ourselves. Cause it's like, Oh my God, I knew better. And I'd still fucked it up. 
I want to well, see a but, I want to see a game show on Netflix, a reality show where they take famous bands and they force them to play a song that uh, they're only mildly familiar with. And if any one of the band members fucks it up, they get electrocuted with a taser. <laughs> right like oh my god the whole band would get electrocuted <laughs> right i mean i've seen very famous bands I, I, there's a video that run around the internet you guys can look it up it's metallica kirk hammett i mean the guys played nothing else matters live in concert fucking gazillions of times and there's a video going around the internet right now of him playing the opening solo to it and then fucking it up live on stage and then just literally falling down on the stage and putting his hand over his face. Like, I can't fucking believe I just fucked that up in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. But um, that's what he gets to do. He gets to fall down and feel ashamed and sure. get back up and start the song over. Yeah. You don't, there is no starting the song over. Not for us. No, Not for us, man. So anyway. I, I, got for all those people, I love I love that I mean I love all their shit of course you know I've been I've seen them six eight times I don't know how many twenty times or something but um so God bless them for you know taking it on board and saying all right you know what I fucked it up and start over you know me I would have probably just ran away and fucking just you know not come back I've <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just been like ah oh, shit Man, I've seen people fuck up in concert it's it's uh it's interesting yeah it is it is you know. So, yeah, well, but the stakes are a little different. So, hey, I'd rather fuck up in concert than fuck up on the street. Well, I guess, I mean, shit, we've we've spent a lot of time talking about this what if scenario, and we didn't, we haven't even gotten to any stories, Chris. Ah, no worries, man. <laughs> so, Chuck, I I I know you got into it with people, and I I you know tried to stay out of it for the most part because you know. Arguing on the internet, it's like trying to play handball against the curtains. You know, it's like trying to yeah. have sex on a waterbed. You're not getting anywhere. Um, no, I just wanted to school a couple of people and, and stuff. And then when you, you you school them and they're like, they have nothing else to say but mean shit. They're like, oh, you fucking boot. Like, you're like, yeah, it's because you have nothing. And there's, there's nothing for you to well, rebuttal to because I, yeah, you don't know. I, I challenge you guys who said, if you even listen, who called us bootlickers, explain whose boots we're licking, right? Because I told you what I think. I think he fucked up in the fact that he didn't shove this guy's dick in the dirt from the word go. I think he should have been yeah. harder at the beginning. I've said this many, many times. Quick, violent action at the very beginning saves you even worse violence at the very end. Right? You know what's funny? <clears throat> With the new age in policing, <clears throat> you have this weird thing constantly you get a new tool they're like hey we want you to use it you start using it too much they're like hey utilize more of your force options maybe hands-on maybe you know utilize your pepper spray more utilize your taser more maybe throw in a baton and then the moment you do that you're like whoa 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 what are you doing why didn't you start with a smaller escalation why didn't you and, and then you go back to using hands-on you're like well now i'm just going to go hands-on you know and then they're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. You're, you're going hands-on too much you need to you know you're like well look guy or girl <clears throat> I can't determine every single time fucko. I need to use a force up, what, <laughs> what thing I'm going to be using. Whatever right. is there at the time, and and you know, I'm gonna be using that. If I'm hands-on, I'm hands-on. You know, if I have a chance to move to something else, I have a chance. But if I don't have a chance, I'm gonna sacrifice, you know, um if it's position, a brick, it's body a brick. or something like that. Yeah, but I think that and you have officers who do do like this and they get hurt and the, the agency is like well he should have taken them down faster and then you have a, another officer who takes someone down fast and they're like you you should have de- tried to de-escalate well, yeah that's like, the well, thing it's a no win yeah. you want to stand on mm-hmm. 
you know? And that's it, why as an officer, you need to make a decision to be able to justify it, right? You're going to get, you're going to get pushback from one side or the other. And I, you know, I had an FTO famously tell me, make a decision, to be able to justify it. I'll have your back. If you can explain to me that you thought it, if you just took a fucking wild ass swing and threw shit against the wall in your decision-making process to see what stuck, I'm going to fry you for it. But even if you make the wrong decision or a decision I would not have made or a decision I disagree with, if you had a thought process that brought you to that decision, I'm not going to frag you for it because I can help cure a thought process. I cannot help cure a fucking somebody who doesn't even think. Right. And you know what's real, real trendy right now? And this might blow your guys' mind. What's real trendy right now with, uh, you know, supervision or brass or whatever is that an officer will get into a use of force. It'll be within policy and everything will be according to plan. They've are, they, even if they were to deviate from tactics a little bit or, or whatever, and they were to able to articulate it to where everything made sense and it was all above board. They, there, there's a point right now that it's becoming really trendy to be like, well, no, that's out of policy because I don't like the way that looks. The officer could have tried to deescalate more. The officer could have, you know, um, you know, not have used that force option, even though if you're saying, oh, well, this this piece of equipment, is, I think it was broken and it wasn't working and I was trying to get it to work. And I don't know last time you were in a fight, but when you're in a fight, things speed up, but slow down at the same time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get tunnel vision and what you may perceive as a few sometimes. seconds may be a lot longer than a few seconds on video because your brain speeding up, but at the same time, slowing down because of the fight and the adrenaline and, you know, tunnel vision, and you're trying not to go to the hospital or whatever, and you're trying to survive. But it's becoming really trendy when there are use of forces that are in policy, but then are becoming made out of policy because someone didn't like the way that it looked. That has to be getting come out of policing. If you're a supervisor, that has to not even be any any form thought any thought process that you're going to be going through because you cannot sit there and second guess your officers with well you know i didn't like the way that looks so even though it's technically in policy i'm going to make it out of policy and you're just going to do some extra training and, and go and do it this way and then you look at your officers are like well fuck anything i do now because i was able to explain that i was able it was well within yeah, policy right now you are creating you can't move the goal no, and now you're creating a whole different mentality of officer. You're, you're creating doubt in their mind before they go and get involved in something. Yeah. And those people are going to be the, the ones who made these stupid things or made like second guessing the officers. They're going to be the, the ones who are going to get officers hurt or killed because you're going to have a breed of new officers that are completely second guessing themselves. And I've seen it where major agencies swear to the fuck away, do do with a suspect and it ends up badly, very badly. And people get hurt, people die, um, or it had the potential to be very, very, very bad. And that they're very lucky that no one got hurt. And now, instead of having two people involved in use of force or one officer and the second officer is there, you know, providing, you know, radio or, you know, an extra hand if needed. Now, now you have something that's so massive where you have, you know, six, seven, maybe eight officers involved in use of force. And now the paperwork is ridiculous. The story is hard to kind of to read because there's so many moving parts involved so many officers well it's because you're they're they're creating a a mentality of officer where they're second guessing themselves constantly and that doesn't need to happen it's going to kill people well far be it for me to ever let the opportunity to make a hockey analogy go to waste um (laughs) it should police work should be like color commentating on 
a hockey game, right? You see a brutal, brutal hit. Somebody goes down. They're slow to get up. They might even have to get stretched off the ice. They might go straight to the locker room to get patched up. They might have to get stitches. The question is, was it a, was it, was it a clean hit? Yeah. Yeah, that was a clean hit. Okay, nobody's going to the penalty box. He's just going to have to go get stitched up. That's brutal. I'm sorry for him. That sucks. That he, uh, we hope he's okay. It was a clean hit, though. No penalty. Like but, that's that's how it should be. But the bad guys know that shit. They know when we tell you to do something, you don't fucking do it, dude. This is what I was telling my students when I was teaching. It was like, look, you know, I was doing baton class. You know, so you guys brought it up, and I would I would stack up the mats on this on the side of the thing. And it says right on the bottom, hit them as hard as you can. So I would, you know, just kind of out of the blue, I'd be talking real quiet. And all of a sudden I'd say, somebody read that line down there, hit them as hard as you can. And I would, I'd take the, you know, the foam baton. I'd smack the freaking match as hard as I could. And the, the students are like, holy fuck, what was that? If I don't hit this guy right the first time, that means I'm going to have to hit him again twice right. as hard the second time. Mm-hmm. And then that's not going to work because now his adrenaline's through the roof. My adrenaline's through the roof. And, and now he's expecting a fucking beat down. So hit him right the fucking first time, and he'll be like, "You want me to shine your shoes for you? I'm done. Okay, yeah, yeah I'll get on the, mm-hmm. I'll get on my face and whatever you got to do. But if you don't, you're gonna be that much further behind the curve. So it looks bad. I agree. But guess what? You had every fucking chance to stop doing what you're doing. Ask, tell, make, just like you guys said. Yep. If you're not gonna do what I say, you know I'm authority figure. Please just don't make me do this because I, I mean, I'm gonna love it because I'm getting paid to kick the shit out of you. Which okay, it's not probably the right attitude to have, but. You know what? I'm going home. You know, you are a tweaker. You don't give a fuck. You're you're happy because you get the three cots or three. I don't look forward to kicking the shit out of people and getting paid for it. I look forward to people making stupid choices that allow me to kick the shit out of them and get paid for it. (laughs) That's why you're the host and I'm the guest. You're far more articulate than I am. Of course, being retired, I can say a lot more shit now. Me too. Me too. I was I I was very professional during my entire career. I uh, yep. I never put anybody in the hospital. I didn't have it coming. Believe me, I'll tell you. And I tried everything I could do to get out of it. But my first FTO told all the other FTOs that were about to get me as a trainee that I came out of the womb with a hash mark on my sleeve and that I could talk my way into or out of just about anything as far as altercations go. And it was (laughs) like, if I don't want you to go sideways, I can most likely talk you out of going sideways. But if yeah. I want you to go sideways, I can let you talk your way into it all you want. And you sure you want to hang you know, yourself? All right. Mm-hmm. What's crazy is that I learned verbal judo very, very well um, in my career. And um, the one type of person that it never worked on was someone who was methed out of their mind. Yeah, right. Going off back their to their rocker. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you knew immediately and, and you could try and you could try to talk to him and be like, Hey, look, I really don't want to fight you. I don't want this to go this way. Please just comply. You are going to jail. There is nothing you can say about it. Or I just need you to leave this area. Yeah. Don't make me tear I'll your help head you, off. I'll, I'll help you gather your shit. Just leave. And they're mm-hmm. like, fuck you. And you're like, look, I'm telling you. And you start laughing. You're like, look, I really don't want it to go this way. Please. I'm just going to help you gather your shit. You get out of here. Or, Hey, sorry, but you do have to go to jail. We have the right. We are going to take you to jail and mm-hmm. you will be arrested. And they're like, fuck you. And you're like, oh man, this isn't really? going to go that way. And really? next thing you know, you Heard walk that. up and, and they're like, game mm-hmm. on. And you have to make a decision. But the best decision you can make 
is the moment you know you're going to arrest someone and you know this dude's belligerent, he's saying, fuck you, I'm not going back to jail. You don't have to wait for him to make the first fucking move. Correct. You can make the first move and you can strike him hard because it puts him on his heels or her on her heels and it takes them to the ground. And they're like, what the fuck just hit me? And that is an officer safety issue because it makes it safer for the officer because now you have the element of surprise You and you have to be able to articulate. You can't just walk up and smack anyone like I'm taking to jail. <laughs> I mean, that'd be awesome. the option to be like, fuck you. I'm not going Sir, You're going to jail going back. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be able to, to notice these things and this comes with experience and things like that. Yeah. But those were the one people type of people or person or whatever that I could not talk into cuffs or yeah. methed out of their mind. Yeah. And tweakers. Yeah. You just, you, you really tweakers can't. And, whole... tweakers and I've talked him yep. into it, but freshly fucking baked out no. of my mind off. Yeah. Meth? No, dude, Mm-mm. throw that out the window. I, a tweaker who's easy. not currently tweaking, you have a chance with. Yeah. yeah. Unless they're like a hardcore long-term user. Yeah, that's assuming that you actually have them contained someplace. You don't have to chase them for fucking four blocks. Oh, my God. <laughs> get to them. They're, <laughs> they're like, they're wild. You Sometimes just chase them and hope their heart explodes. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And I, I I was the same, just like you're talking about, man. I got to that point where I'm like, all right, fuck it. Is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, depending on the circumstances, I'm like, all right, well. Yeah, there comes yeah. a point where you have to decide that you're, you're, you can lose your job, but you're not going to lose your life. Right. I would literally, I would literally look at them and go, look. If you leave right now, I won't arrest you. I won't follow you. Just gather your shit and go. Don't come back today. Mm-hmm. I'm off tomorrow. Just just leave. Yep. All right. Fuck you. Okay. But you're going to leave though, right? Just I'll stand right here. I'll give you five yes. minutes. I'll put it on the Fuck phone. me. Please, yes. Fucking, yes. Fucking leave. I totally get that. that. Fuck me. Top, fine. That's fine. Fuck me. I'm cool with that. But you're going to leave, right? <laughs> right. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. And I'd talk shit to myself. Like, yeah, fuck yes. the police. Right? I'm, a, I'm absolutely us. a pig. Fuck the police. I'm total. I'm, I'm <laughs> a jackbooted thug for doing this. I'm terrible, but you're still going to leave, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's the, the whole is the juice worth the, is the juice yeah. worth the squeeze? And you would weigh that option. You're like, look, I'm fucking tired today. Like, all right, look, this fucking misdemeanor. They don't really want to press charges. Can I take you to jail? Yeah, probably. But you're probably going to fight me. And it's going to be a nasty use of force. And I don't want to deal with this shit. Just leave. And they're like, fuck you. Yeah, fuck me. I'm a piece of shit. I'm fuck cops. We're all shitty. And then they laugh. And you're like, that's oh, funny, right? Yeah. Fuck us. We're pigs. We're just, just fucking leave. Just leave. Mm-hmm. But then there are people that are talking that way and they're a felony suspect or they're really bad or they just beat the shit out of someone. You have to take them. You cannot do that to those type of people. No. You can't be like, well, you can't have a, a private person going, I want him arrested. He hit me. And you're like, okay. You can try to like smooth the sides and let bygones be bygones, but if there's a straight criminal and that just happened, you yeah, have to you, take action. But judgment. That's a judgment. Thing. Right. You have it's, to learn it's, judgment. It's, that's and I just want to make sure that no one's we're not people saying people understand the difference, right? Yeah, that people understand that difference. But well, yeah. I will say this as this is something I posted on locker room social media, but um I I felt like it was too good not to share in this conversation because you need to take <laughs> To the young cops out there and to some of the old ones who some of the old ones were the worst ones for me, where they the contempt of cop was strong with the force, you know, like, right. Their, their badge was the size of a rodeo belt buckle and you nobody was going to, you know, the respect my authority. Don't be Cartman, right? You have to you have to be like if somebody said, fuck you, it, it, it's it's, uh, you know, and we'll talk about this. I got a new dog. My, my wife named him Dalton. You know, and it's, you know, it, it, I love that movie, but especially, you know, the part he goes, is what if somebody calls your mama a whore? And he goes, well, is she? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I thought I'd share this because it's, it's, um, 
Amazing. It says, when someone tries to trigger you by insulting you or by doing or saying something that irritates you, take a deep breath and switch off your ego. Remember that if you are easily offended, you are easily manipulated. Amen. So I would just tell him something like, yeah, dude, you're the toughest guy here. I get it. Yep. Whatever. Just go. I, I don't want to fight you, man. You're tough. You're tough. It's cool. Yeah. You know, but I'm going to have to, and I'm gonna have to call all my friends and it's, we're going to swarm you and jump on you and it's going to be painful some time in the hospital. And I got to, you know how much extra paperwork I have to fill out. If we beat your ass, please just, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Blame it on the paperwork. To, you don't want to go to the hospital right now. Blame it on the paperwork. Yep, exactly. And I don't want to sit in the hospital with you. And there's this fat nurse there that's all up in my shit. And I don't want to like <laughs> say now whatever we got you got to say. Like, next like five hours together, man. You really want to hang out with the cops? Right. Or you just want to go go off and do your whatever yeah. you want. Oh, okay. Exactly. So, well, I, Chris, I appreciate you. We're running out of time. And uh, I know, Chuck, I you have our dedication this week, right? I do. <clears throat> I saw it on um, on Facebook. And um so this is for Daniel Vasquez. Police officer Daniel Vasquez was shot and killed while making a traffic stop near the intersection of 21st Street and Clay Street in about 1040 a.m. The driver of the vehicle shot Officer Vasquez before fleeing. A backup officer who arrived at the scene began CPR. Officer Vasquez was transported to a nearby hospital. He succumbed to his wounds a short time later. The suspect who shot him turned himself in at the Kansas City Police <laughs> Department approximately three hours later. Officer Vasquez had served with the uh, North Kansas City Police Department for two years. He was 32 years old. Oh, my God. Two-year tour. And this piece of shit shot him and then just goes and turns himself in. No repercussions. Nothing. I'm just going to go to jail now. Dick. What the fuck? Well, (laughs) I, uh, I don't even like I'm tired of reading these, but we'll keep reading them because they're important. Heartbreaking. So yeah. rest easy, brother. We got it from here. Amen. Um, Amen. Chris, do you have any closing thoughts that you, some uh, words of wisdom that you want to impart to uh, the young guys or the guys, some of the guys out there? I know some of you guys are on graveyard shift right now, driving around. And you, you, this podcast downloads right when you're in the middle of your graveyard shift and you spent, you know, an hour of your last, you know, driving around looking for assholes, listening to us talk shit. So any words of wisdom for that guy other than uh, don't eat the green hot dogs at circle K. Yeah. And or, or the yellow snow. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's been something I've seen a lot of stuff going on where uh, like my friends and a lot of guys that I know are like, man, fuck this. I'm leaving and everything else. Or I'm never let my kid join this, this profession or this community, mm-hmm. whatever else. Mm-hmm. It's something that I kind of hit me the other, it's been about a year ago now. And I may have mentioned it the last time we were on the show, but I said, uh, I said to myself, man, you know what? Cause I was thinking about going back, you know, I did my 20, I was going to go back and try to pick it back up again. And I was trying to find a reason why I wanted to, you know, go not only just stand in the community, but go back on the street chasing bad guys and nothing was really coming to me until one day I was going through all, I was, applying for all these agencies out here in California, like a fool on it. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I don't hold um, that against you. Long story short, that didn't happen. However, what I did find was my oath of office, right? The one that we all get. And I read it and I'm like, Holy fuck. It just brought back all those things that reminded me as to why I joined this profession to begin with, you know, including sitting in the, background investigator's office going dude i don't care i'll do whatever it takes i just fucking hire me i promise i'm gonna be the greatest cop you've ever seen in your life right Uh, now clearly we know things happen and shit goes bad and 
you know, we're, we're learning a tremendous amount about mental health and all these kinds of things. But, you know, I went back and I remembered fucking, Hey man, I had a ball doing this fucking job. I mean, I had the greatest time ever and that did mostly outweigh the bad stuff. And so that's what I tell guys now. It's like, man, go back and remember why mm-hmm. you started in, in short, you know, and think about, you know, if you're, if you're not liking it, try to transfer to another aid, another, you know, department within your agency, whatever, or whatever you can do to, to rekindle that love and that joy. Cause uh, for the, for the younger cats, you got a long way to go, man. And you can't just freaking leave. Cause then what are you going to do then? Oh, you didn't make it as a cop. And now you want to be a, a fucking, you know, a baggage handler at the airport. Nah, I ain't going to go, man. Yep. So that's my advice, but yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy the good times because you will miss them. I mean, yeah. granted you won't miss the bullshit. You will not. I, I but, uh, uh Someone who is close with Chuck and I just uh, got into a, a freaking deal where like some asshole coming up the ramp tried to ram his car at 40 miles an hour and all this other crazy shit. And he's telling me all this stuff. And I, there was a part of me. I'm like, damn, I missed that. <laughs> you know? Hey, oh, I was like, oh. And I mean, and ending with all that whole thing. Don't forget also, man, how many of your friends can't do what you do? And right. how privileged we are to be able to wear that badge at all, man. That's that's a pretty yeah. cool and don't don't fucking misuse it don't be a piece of shit that ruins it for yeah. any other cop of the world yeah, and i watched that video and i was like man this is fuck dude like me sitting at home being busted up and you know waiting on back surgery and he's all fucked you know medical retirement's looking like it's 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 happening and i'm like damn dude i missed that shit but then i'm like that's a lot of paperwork that has a lot of, maybe not for that agency but that is a lot of paperwork if i have to get involved and then a tc fuck Oh, dude, right? All for a tweaker. Yep. Oh, yeah. But it was a G ride, but whatever. But yeah, it could have ended so badly. And that person's lucky that they're alive. Yeah. Yeah. The suspect, the suspect, I mean, both, both are very lucky. But, you know, <clears throat> um, that suspect is, is very, very lucky. Very that, lucky. That they didn't get, there was another Parker. unit right behind them. They just fucking, <laughs> just, yep. Zipped them up. Good. So, blocka, blocka. Anyway. Well, Chuck, why don't you take us out? All right. Real quick before we get started, um, we'll mention it in here, but we we are working on a hat, and it will be available for pre-order very soon. It's it's been very difficult with with everybody getting it done. So you keep hearing it, you're like, oh, when's this? Yeah, well, Chuck's got a listen wife okay. that's been in labor for you know almost a month and about a month. Or so yeah, yeah. but it is so. happening. Finalize the hat. The hat looks dope, but we're just trying to get the the artwork put onto it. It's 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 a process. And then yep. the tank tops are going to be phenomenal. They're going to be great. You guys are going to love them. They're going to be super retro looking, but badass, like good loud colors, but it's going to be cool. And they're going to be in good big sizes too. I think I'm going up. We're going to go up to 4X. So for all you bigger guys Ooh. out there that, that want to wear this, this shit, this is for you. I've kept you guys in mind this whole time. Plus I'm getting a little bit bigger now in my, uh, my age so i'll be right up there with you <laughs> well and you're a little you're, between your but back and your knee you've, you've been pretty well immobilized i can't really work out man it's it's and you can't really you can't really lose weight even though you try to diet you're like right. diet, food is like 90 percent of the diet yeah no, but when yeah. you can't really go out and walk or anything and get you, you, you can't burn nothing. calories at all but yeah. thank you guys for listening today if you like today's podcast please go follow us on our instagram at war underscore stories underscore official and our facebook at war stories podcast Grow to follow us here and share a post. You can go to the link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook to reach all of our socials, our media, and our website. Our podcast is on all major streaming pod- podcast platforms, as well as on our YouTube. 
If you want to support us, please go to our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com. Please, again, if you have a story, don't message it there. Message it to booking, and I will give that email in a second. Grab some of our gear. We still have some whoopee hoodies, shirts, patches, and stickers left. We'll be doing the spring and summer or the spring and summer gear, but it's summer now. So if you want to be featured on a show and think you have a story and you want to share your story, please go to booking.warstories at gmail.com. That is B-O-O-K-I-N-G dot W-A-R-S-T-O-R-I-E-S at gmail.com. Those are for all my hooked on phonics readers out there and my Marines and send me your story and I can get you booked. We are looking for law enforcement, corrections, dispatcher, fire medics, and veterans. If you have a friend who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us, give them our booking email again. Thank you for the support and stay safe. And if they want me to contact them, send me their email information yes. through booking. And I will send out an email to them, uh, explaining who we are, what we do and talk to them. But we like chatting with you on DMs. And we like chatting with you on DMs, but nothing gets booked unless it goes in that email. Yeah. Booking. booking Booking.warstories at gmail.com. Again, that is booking.warstories at gmail.com. Chris, thanks again, man. We really really appreciate Uh, you coming on. We love chatting with you. I love you guys, man. Uh, If you want me back for the next one, whenever that is, another year from now or whatever, man, let me know. uh, We'll have to have it sooner than that. Come on now. I'm down, bro. All right. I don't have a job, so I'm fucking free. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.